Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. My name is Sarah Musak. I'm your first co-host and with me is... Drew Kunis. I am... I'm you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sorry Natalie I'm gonna give myself this ring I'm the second co-host mm-hmm. yes <laughs> second the best third the worst hold on oh I'm Natalie I'm the third co-host and apparently I'm the worst according to playground rules <laughs> oh no no third no third is the one with the treasure chest in playground rules <gasps> oh, I like that variation you had a yeah. nicer playground than I did oh or or the <laughs> one with the hairy hairy chest right that is also an option damn it <laughs> i think i'm good yeah i'm good anyway welcome back everybody uh they, this is gene no and x-men the animated series podcast where we rewatch x-men the animated series that greatest of all soap opera slash saturday morning cartoons and we are in season three at episode nine obsession so again, we have a nice standalone episode. There's something I'm really enjoying is I feel like they started the season with, uh, well, the two-parter that was in prime time, then the super long Phoenix saga. Now we get some really nice, quick, uh, one-off episodes before getting into the dark Phoenix saga. And this is one of those nice standalone episodes. There's not even previously on X-Men. They're just getting right into it. Right into it. So first scene, Archangel is doing a rant in apparently his personal (laughs) museum storage. Yeah. So many things about this. It opens with him. He's in some sort of warehouse that has a bunch of like artifacts in it, right? Mm -hmm. They're all artifacts tracking apocalypse through the ages or something. Correct. Right. And he's yelling at his two employees from a balcony while they're (laughs) opening a box that's been shipped to him with the latest artifact, right? Yep. Okay, so I didn't know who this character was, to be honest. Um, it it kind of seemed like he was like, I don't know, like, like, like Buzz Lightyear meets like Starlight Express. And then... <laughs> ah, <laughs> that is right? a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, it, he's, he's like really ripped, like best abs in the show that I can tell, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like fuchsia and purple... And he has very blonde eyebrows and like, mm-hmm. he, yeah. Very. And uh, and then his name is Warren Worthington. The they third. Call him Mr. The Worthington. Third. The yep. third? Yeah, Warren wow. Worthington the third. So as a little bit of character background, uh, in the X-Men comics, Warren Worthington the third actually did start his own superhero career as like in his late teens as the Avenging Angel. He had big feathery wings and he was a rich white boy and then he was recruited to be one of the original five x-men with cyclops jean gray beast and Iceman. then they you may remember the morlocks from previous episodes there's a kind of a famous uh crossover in the comics called mutant massacre in the mutant massacre mr sinister sends the marauders down to massacre the morlocks and there is a marauder named harpoon which is this weapon of choice and he basically harpoons angel by his wings into the wall they have to amputate his feathery wings he doesn't want to live anymore he is in a plane and is going to commit suicide when he is intercepted by apocalypse who turns him into the angel of death 
his horseman, Archangel. In so this comics canon in the uh, in the TV series, he was never an original X Man. He was just a millionaire playboy, which which he is anyway. Also goes in for the treatment uh, with Doctor Gottfried Adler, aka Albert Einstein, in a previous episode, and he is transformed into the Avenging Angel of Death. Oh, did that make him have like purple skin? Yes. Oh, okay. It's kind of a light blue. Well, yeah. Ah. Periwinkle? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, kind of periwinkle, for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah, it didn't change his hair color. That's really interesting. Spring, no, it didn't. It, it just kind yeah. of made it brighter in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> and so we get to meet a number of his lackeys who are, like, not impressed. So I love yeah. that uh, he's, like, yelling at them, and he tells them to be careful because this one could be the key, and the guy's like, right, just like all the others. And then we get to write some some pointed dialogue. I don't pay you to jabber. And, uh, <laughs> and then we later meet some, like, other lackeys as well. We Anyway, we, uh, sorry, there's, we'll, we'll yeah, stick there, with this first male lackey one. and female lackey who are down in the warehouse floor, the warehouse full of artifacts as they're unboxing the new artifact, right? Yeah, I think of them as like the archaeologist lackeys. He's got two yeah. archaeologist lackeys, male and female. He's got like like academic lackey who brings him a scroll mm-hmm. and then he has tech lackey who gives him alerts. Oh, interesting, interesting. Now, what I think is really interesting about this is that the address was printed on the box of the artifact he was getting, and it's in a town called Cheryl, New York, zip code 13461. Mm-hmm. That is a real place. It is actually the smallest incorporated town in New York. It has a population of 3,071. Cool. It's the state's least populous city, yeah. Nice work. So cool. Thank you, thank you. So we know that he's trying to find a weakness. He is so apocalypse has transformed him into this angel of death. He, he feels that apocalypse has destroyed his life. So he is going to destroy apocalypse pretty straightforward. And he is looking for a way to do it, but everything he gets says he's invincible until academic lackey comes in with a scroll with a target on the apocalypse's back. That's like, Hey, we found this ancient Ming dynasty scroll. And also if you just pierce him here, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I noticed that, um, I don't know, have you, either of you seen the show Attack on Titan? Oh, I haven't. Have you, Natalie? No. Okay, well, um, it, it's it's a very good show. Talking about what it is about would, kind, uh, would spoil it a little bit, so I won't. But for people who have watched it, there's a character that kind of has some, like, vengeance issues. He's, like, one of the main characters. His name is Aaron Yeager. Right. And they're all trying to kill Titans and they have like the, these evil giants and they have a weakness, which is like the nape of their neck. And I thought it was really mm. interesting because that is exactly what Archangel is doing. Right. He's like all about vengeance. He's crazed with vengeance. And the weakness on the scroll was the back of his neck. Yes. That is also in the X-Files. There's also, like, I think I forget which alien entities they're killing, but it's also a nape of the neck. Or not nape, but, you know, the base of the neck sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that what the nape is? No, the nape's, like, right um, where the skull meets the neck. The squishy bit. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Got it. Which is always, like, where the... Like, I feel like it's only used in literature when a woman has a bun. Like, she has a bun. Her hair is gathered at the the nape of her neck. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, did you notice did that this lackey he was dressed in the same color palette as um as Archangel? Uh oh. sort of like 
purple and fuchsia, but it was more muted. Mm. I like the idea that the animators are like, we have some ink and we're just, we're just going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Just use it up. Yeah. I would. That might explain why so many characters have red hair. Actually, that would. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. So we find out from uh, Archangel's tech lackey that there's been a sighting of Apocalypse in New York Harbor. So Warren is just gone. Oh, by the way, Drew, I'm going to have to send you the link to the first episode where we meet Angel because he has a, a like kind of a pan-European girlfriend who I think you would love, who just keeps <laughs> asking, where's Warren? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Pan-European, that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just kind of generally European. Uh, so anyway. Vaguely. Yeah, but just vaguely oh, European, also, yeah. Also, did you notice how good his academic lackey was? Because he was translating hieroglyphs, like, live, Glyphs. right? Mm-hmm. What I think is really interesting about that is that hieroglyphs, like, ancient Egyptian was an Afro-Asiatic language. I asked my boyfriend about this. He's really into languages. Mm. Afro-Asiatic, which means that it's a verb, subject, object. Ah, okay. Uh, so it would be really difficult to translate word by word live like this academic guy is doing. So I th- anyway, I think we learned that like wow. there's not a huge job market for um for being an Egyptologist in uh Cheryl, New York, and this guy is he's top of his field there. <laughs> I was gonna like... say Egyptologists gotta eat, and I'm sure Ward <laughs> Worthington the third's money is helping. Yeah. What oh. a name. Oh yeah, because then like they were like, Oh, we're gonna leave and then Archangel's like, You think? And he like sprays his like poison tipped yeah. feather like feathers at him. No no joke. No joke. Yeah, yeah. He like puts them in the door in front of him so he can't leave. It's a very hostile work environment. Very hostile. <laughs> HR? Where's the where's the HR Slack yeah. channel? Nope. None uh, of it. Yeah, so anyway, New York Harbor near the Statue of Liberty. Here comes Apocalypse. He's laughing ominously. Archangel dives from the clouds. And I just, I love the guy's voice who does Apocalypse, you know, looking for me, my prodigal son. And like, it's all drawn out. I can't do it well. That's my best bet. And uh, he just swats Archangel like a fly. (laughs) I just, I, I had such a giggle fit when I kind of put this together, um, did, did anyone watch the Venture Brothers? Yes. Because there's a character called Baron Von Underbite. Oh yeah. Pretty much looks like Apocalypse. And I started losing my shit laughing so hard when I realized why he looked familiar to me. And then I kind of got sucked into like, I'm watching Venture Brothers like giggle mode instead. And I was like, no, focus focus this is a real serious storyline yeah but i just called him the baron in the rest of my notes yeah (laughs) apocalypse's mouth is crazy it's like it's like 80 percent of his face width or something right like and it looks like a headgear having worn a headgear i'm familiar with that (laughs) do you think that people (laughs) called him apocalypse in middle school Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, in the DC universe, that is how Apocalypse is spelled. There's also a guy named Apocalypse or a planet called Apocalypse <laughs> in the DC universe. And it has a K instead of a C and it ends with lips. So <laughs> Look, I said I love DC. I didn't say I understood all their choices. No, no, Natalie. And I do want to tell you that this is not the first time Venture Brothers has been mentioned. Uh, so uh, something yes. came up before. I'm sure you remember. Is it is it an alien who yells, ignore me? 
funny. Like the guy who's just ignore like, yeah, me. That guy. It's exactly what you would hope, Drew. It's like a huge, like unignorable, like creature. Yeah, robotic creature who just yells, "Ignore me!" Just, because he's just there for his entire torso to project that one statement. <laughs> glorious. <laughs> I love Venture Brothers. So, so meanwhile, at the mansion, Rogue, Beast, Gambit, and Cyclops are looking at some scans of the Shi'ar ship from the sewers. And Cyclops says, how do you hide something a mile long? And Gambit goes, who knows? Deep pockets? And I do feel like there's like a, like there's a dirty joke somewhere in there, but <laughs> some yeah. sort of your mother joke, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> How do you have something a mile long in your mom? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Ask your mom. I I, want to say I zoomed in on the screen where they're looking at the scan of this mile long ship that they've detected, right? And it is one second. It it says that it is length one point six zero nine three four. So that is the amount of kilometers in a mile is exactly one point six zero nine three four. The ship is exactly one mile long now here's what i think is interesting about that in a previous episode i we saw a picture of the parthenon and it still had the elgin marbles in it that led me to believe that in the x-men universe the british never existed (laughs) because they couldn't steal them and bring them to the british museum right however if aliens are building ships that are exactly one mile long an imperial unit right? Like mm-hmm. a British unit. That implies that not only do the British exist, but they exist in space. The British Empire <laughs> knows no bounds in this universe. Much scarier. <laughs> the sun truly never sets on it. No. It, like, <laughs> it, it physically can't. It cannot set on it. <laughs> then we have, uh, so then the one of the things we've talked about in previous episodes is how the mansion alert system is really just a plot device. Like there's no rhyme or reason to what it senses because it just says alert mutant incident on Liberty Island, but it doesn't say like what sort of incident, just just an incident. And one of my favorite like exchanges here is Rogo's Archangel and Gambit says, he's fighting apocalypse. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look i said i loved him i never said i understood him <laughs> no no and Cy- cyclops says let's go so meanwhile back at lady liberty apocalypse is so big and he uh they're mm. like talking he's like if you can back and be my horseman i will be forgiven warren worthington the third is not into it he does not like being a slave of courage and fire. Mm-hmm. The the X-Men arrive and Warren grabs a spike off of Lady Liberty's crown and he's going to stab Apocalypse with it. But Apocalypse grabs him and uses him as a shield against the X-Men. It's not going well. Warren, it's, it's not, not going, going well. Yeah, Apocalypse is like, all right, I, I, I don't really understand what I, I, it seems like one of his main powers is that he can grow or shrink a lot. Correct. Right. And then it, it kind of seems like I'm a little bit aside from taunting, which he's, he does frequently and he's very good at it. Um, right. He's always mm-hmm. saying something like you cannot defeat me or <laughs> like you are all, I think in this scene he goes, you are lambs to the slaughter. Yes. Right. Which is like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Like what? What are the extents of his powers? I was I, I was uh, having difficulty understanding the stakes of it because I didn't know what he couldn't do. 
he can do a lot of stuff. Here, let's let's look it up real quick. He's also he has the same color palette as Archangel, like the sort of like like bluish purple and fuchsia. Yes, it is not a coincidence. He made he made Archangel as a kind of a tribute to himself. In his own image. I thought it was poetic in this scene how Archangel he crashed into the torch of the Statue of Liberty and then the torch was on real fire. But that was like yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. I wrote down a quote that I liked, but I don't remember who said it. Um, does anyone recall? It says, my mother always wanted to, me to be a surgeon. Oh, yeah. Logan. Oh, yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. When he's okay. like on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd never write down the full quotes unless I'm like, I think I'm going to have to nominate this one for quote <laughs> of the day. But um, that one, I, that one stuck with me. But then I didn't write to, I didn't cite my source. I'm sorry. I just, I, I failed yeah, you on that one. Logan, was he born in like the 1800s or something? He was, oh, yes. Man. I feel like a surgeon was a very different job back in the day. It was like so different. Well, the glorified at this point, carpenters slash. Yeah, yeah, at this point, he he doesn't remember his mother. Oh. Like that's not what this is about, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> like he doesn't remember a lot about his his past. Okay, so apocalypse. Let's see. So powers he has: biomolecular alteration. That's his main ability. So he can control his molecular structure, which is how he goes big and goes home uh genius level <laughs> intellect superhuman strength speed stamina endurance durability agility reflexes <laughs> resilience dexterity and senses energy and matter manipulation flight immortality and vulnerability and telekinesis and trash talk and trash and talk tra- yeah and trash <laughs> foolish insects yeah. yeah i really loved in this battle when rogue does a like that like a somersault mid-air into apocalypse's calf and uh and gambit's got yeah. her back they like bring him all the way down beast also gets in on the somersault action he tries to chain apocalypse down which i feel like we could all tell him is not going to work but also a nice try and that you called yeah. it my mother always wanted me to be a surgeon yeah and yeah, apocalypse that- just busts out and flies yeah. yeah that chain that like super heavy chain it was like you know the in game of thrones the chains that they like broke out to drag like to drag the to dredge the dragon out of the yeah. like the frozen lake right and it was like yes. where did you get these chains in the north right and they're like super heavy right mm-hmm. so it was like that level of chain and it was attached to an anchor on one like there was an anchor on one end and then it was attached to liberty island on the other end and i wasn't sure if the implication was that liberty island would like float away if it weren't <laughs> for this anchor <laughs> valid like, question is, is that, yeah is that how New York is like no it's New York it's not New Jersey <laughs> <laughs> so Warren's out because Apocalypse smacked him uh, and uh, Cyclops fishes Warren out of the water Rogue calls oh my God. Cyclops? him yeah. such a talented swimmer he is holding Archangel, who looks like he's, I don't know, like uh, like seven percent metal or something, right? Yeah. Uh yep. in, in his arms while he's he's treading in the water and he's floating. Like, have you ever seen those photos of people at the Black Sea? And it's like it's so salty there that you just like float right. really easily. He's floating that well. Like, and this is the 90s Hudson, right? So, like, I mean, he's gonna walk out of there with a new mutation altogether, but like mm-hmm. he's just he's uh-huh. swimming, holding Archangel so well. I, yeah. I mean, he's just impressive. 
He is. He is. is. So I love that Rogue calls uh, Archangel Warren and Gambit does not like it. And he like corrects her immediately and refers to him as Lange du Mort, which I'm like, is that really? Yeah, I'm like, I don't speak French, but I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, And Rogue's like, no, I know because I absorbed him and that deep down he's still Warren Worthington and Gambit's we know Gambit's going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm to take away that it that they had a fight with him at some point in the past, and she zapped like she absorbed his powers. Yes, got kind of blue, and then like both physically and emotionally, and she absorbed the pain inside of him, and now she understands it better than anyone else. That exactly, yeah, that you the... got it, nailed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Okay. So meanwhile, back at the mansion, Professor X and Beast are working on finding a pattern to Apocalypse's attacks. They find uh, his cloaked ship and i also love the wolverine line that's a heck of a bass boat <laughs> that that is my that supplanted as the this is the quote of the day um so really wolverine's just throwing them throwing them left and right here left um, right. that was amazing i also want to shout out to beast's typing style accommodating his nails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i noticed that yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. very, very good. peter griffin yeah and what is that keyboard because it's not mm-hmm. qwerty it has like i feel like it has like it's like a seven by seven grid. Yeah. It's the future, um, Drew. It's the future. <laughs> Maybe it's more of like a court reporter thing where it's more like a combos. Mm. Some sort of shorthand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, did you see the, when they were like doing the pattern for where he'd strike next or something, they were like, he, he attacked and then they said three things. I think one of them was a power plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, they also said, Another one was a defense plant, and I was confused by what that means. Like, I what, guess a plant def- where they're. I guess I almost think of it as like a weapons factory. Maybe a defense power plant. Oh, that could be. I said that with a lot of conviction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like something from like I don't know, like some sort of like real time strategy computer game where it's like, oh, I I have defense points. And now I've built a plant and it is powering up my civilization with like defense. Either that or like a, like a hedge yeah. of ivy. Expanded to... the grid of defense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's it's lines like that. That's just like, shh, just, just let it happen. Shh. Like it's, <laughs> it's fine. Don't, don't listen too hard. Yeah. Oh, for conveniently, Beast has his apocalyptic lore close at hand. Uh, in a which, book. In a book, which mentions a mighty ship designed by creatures from beyond the stars. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And, um, and from that, he's like, don't worry, I've developed a stratagem for attacking him or something, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, Beast, like, you really didn't miss the opportunity to use, like, a 10-cent word when a 5-cent word would do. Mm-hmm. Um, Never. Right? Which is an idiom Never. I just made up. But, yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> stratagem. Yeah, so, and they just, like, they drive it home for the kids, right? So we know that we are going to a ship that is a living vessel that is open to reason, and that Beast is ready to use it as the weapon we need against he who can never die. Yeah, like Voldemort, that's what he calls him, he who can never die. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, Rogue is confronting Warren on confronting Apocalypse. And <laughs> Warren's like, you understand my pain. So then we get that flashback that you referred to, Drew, where she absorbs uh, him when he is at his most archangel. And Rogue says, part of you is a part of me now. And we see Gambit watching from the doorway and not liking it. <laughs> he is playing with yeah. the ace of spades. It is like, <laughs> don't don't take my girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like nursing him back to health or something in like yeah. the infirmary, right? And the nursing consists yeah. of her dabbing his forehead with a wet cloth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that shorthand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's nice. It does wonders. And, and would you like, I, if you weren't feeling well, would, would you like someone to damp your forehead with a wet cloth? How high is the fever? <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yep. I was gonna be like, no, leave me alone. Turn on prices, right? Uh, but Warren's already trying to kind of coerce Rogue. We can attack him together. The others don't understand. You do, and she she's just like, I don't know. And the X Men are like, we found the ship. Let's go. Um, and so, but Warren is not into the indirect stratagem. He says, I must see him destroyed. And then he removes the skylight, which is actually really nice that he didn't bust through it. He removes the skylight and then flies mm-hmm. through. That is thoughtful. Although I, I feel like if it were a Law and Order episode and he were going out to murder someone, that the fact that he paused to remove the skylight would be used for, like, as evidence in the trial for Surrender. why it was premeditated. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, if you could pause um, to remove the skylight, then you were thinking about it ahead of time. This wasn't like a hot-blooded murder. This was a cold-blooded murder. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chunk, chunk in the criminal justice Second degree. system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Rogue's going to go with him, even though nobody likes it. And Gambit doesn't like it so much, he disappears without a word. So he's going to go after them, too. Oh, man, here yeah. comes the sentient ship. Are you all ready? Oh, my God. Yeah. this. Oh, my God. I wrote in all ship. caps on these notes. So cool. So and they, they do like yes. really cool, like Stranger Things 80s music. Yes. When they're approaching the ship. I was like, oh. Wonderful. And, and it, it's go just ahead, to Drew. paint a picture of what it looked like. It's kind of like the proportions of like a protein bar, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like yeah. it's like it's yeah. like really long and uh-huh. rectangular, and there's a bubble in the middle uh, mm-hmm. that has seemingly like a city inside of it. I don't think anyone lives in the city, but uh, no. yeah, and but like it's, it's, there. It's, it's huge. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. It's a mile long, exactly one Imperial British mile. <laughs> And I, I love that we get this line from Beast that just sounds like straight out of a per, uh, porn. Permission to board you. <laughs> to board you. That's <laughs> yeah. his line. Yeah, because they and fly. You know what, it pays off because that ship is like, yeah. Yeah, on. it's like oh, permission yeah. granted. <laughs> like, like the ship yes. is like unbuttoning her yeah. blast. Like, yeah. yes, no, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, the ship has a personality and a female voice, right? Mm-hmm. It's. It seems to be have, have an AI, right? Yes. And um, it, I, I thought that the the way that this is handled is really funny. So Beast is like, I'm gonna hack the ship, and he doesn't say that. That's what he's thinking. But then he hacks it by saying something like, "We are friends. We, you were born near our home. We request permission to board you." And then she's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then it like they flirt hard from the outset. You know, he says, "Ship, you are a work of art," and she says, yeah. "Thank you, Henry McCoy. You have no idea what a pleasure it is to interface with someone who appreciates the subtleties of my programming." Wow. So, 
so hot. And also it shows that she's been like creeping on him on Instagram because she knows his name. Mm. Yes. Mm. Thank you. That's when I started to draw the monocle emoji because (laughs) I was very intrigued by the amount of um, banter. I I really like your pad that you're writing on. It's like, it's very long and thin. It has these like huge gold rings. Mm Oh, 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 wow. Very, very <laughs> fancy. It looks like it's covered in pink, like a pink bar yeah, pattern. My amazingly clever and brilliant ideas inside. It's been sitting dormant for years. Um, so I don't know what that says about me. But, but today um, it's, it's been really activated. easy to write on. <laughs> yes. All 5.5 pages because I forgot I had used a shard for a bubblegum. <clears throat> but it's a serious pad and it has serious notes and yeah. he is seriously in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Like I feel like I'm walking in on them at certain points, especially when she starts making her dying noises. Oh later. yeah. When, oh, and when yeah. he <laughs> says here, the trap <laughs> has just agreed to be set. It was like, Ooh, there's some intimate subtext <laughs> underneath oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. They like really have a thing, which I, there's, there was one person whose opinion I really want to know on this, and it's Cerebro. Mm-hmm. Right, Cerebro is he's a, he's another voiced mm-hmm. computer AI character, right? And he is a male voice, right? And it it does seem like B spends more time with him than maybe some of the other X Men. Mm-hmm. He was sitting at he was sitting in like the Cerebro alert room at the beginning of the episode. So I don't know. Maybe he's like this is like a little bit of a technophile. He might be. I think though that Cere- <laughs> the Cerebro is a bit more robotic. I think ship ship has some va va boom. Ah, okay. Yes, okay. a little bit it. of a, a, yeah. a relationship, if you will. Indeed, indeed, oh. a more advanced AI for sure. Damn it! So they <laughs> they like find like this prison tube on the ship. They get Wolverine to stand in it. And they're he's... so <laughs> great. Yeah, they're like, hey, I found this trap. Logan, can you go stand over there? And then yeah. trap him in the horse cage. And I love that he says, cool, but I ain't saying cheese. <laughs> and, and the cheese part is funny, but the fact that he says cool is really funny to me. <laughs> you think he'd have a problem with being a test subject, but that's just me. His mother wanted him to be a test subject. That's right. That's right. So it seems, Ship tells us, it seems Apocalypse has set a trap to destroy you. There is nothing I can do. And then goes on to, I enjoyed working with you, Henry McCoy. I'm sorry we did not get to know each other better. Please accept my most sincere regrets. Which I think is sort of a femme fatale move, if you know what I mean. (gasps) Oh, you're so right. Yeah. Absolutely some Stanwyck vibes here. Mm, Yes. mm. Meanwhile, over an amusement park, Warren Worthington (laughs) and Rogan cruising, and he she catches up to him, and he's like, "Pledge yourself to me." He's like, "Sure." So pushy. So heart and soul, like, down, buddy. He's on his way to kill Pac. Yeah, like literally, he's like, he's like, "Pledge yourself to me." I need your whole heart and soul to be behind this, like be mine forever and then we will like it's it's crazy the level of commitment this guy demanded pretty much immediately right and she's like yes like like she was she's on his side but it's like things are getting real intense then we get that next porn line right he rises (laughs) and apocalypse comes out of the water but then she's but she like she's 
completely forgets that Gambit exists. I'll just, I'll say it. Like, mm-hmm. I love Rogue. Mm-hmm. I love her. She can get anyone she wants. I get it. But I also have a thing for Gambit. And let's not let him maybe out of our, you know, our lineup here, ma'am. And no. Maybe don't go with the obsessed, vengeful L'Angel du Mort. Um, but perhaps. Oh, that was um, so fancy what you just said. Yeah. Those, so that sounded expensive. <laughs> Je parle un petit peu français, mais mon accent est très mal. Whoa! Nice. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Sounds Is like you know I the word fiancé, unlike Scott. <laughs> so speaking of Gambit not being forgotten... He intercepts Rogue <laughs> on the way to fighting Apocalypse. And I do love that he's in the mini jet. And he just yeah, cuts her off and goes, Shay, you can't attack Apocalypse here. People down there could get hurt. And uh, it's like, yeah, Gambit, like you are the voice of reason. That is not your usual post. That's not comedy, but I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. I noticed that then when it zooms into Rogue's reply, it was something, it's something like, no, you don't understand. We have to do this. You don't her, the animators added a literal twinkle to her eye. And oh, then yeah. I, I, and then I noticed that for the rest of the episode, it looked like they kept adding twinkles to her eye, but no one else's eye. Is that a thing? Or no. Is there an ex- no, okay. No, it's, a, it's an animator being like, I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah, the so animator had a little twinkle in his eye. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was really frustrated with just the interaction and the reliance on you don't understand. And I just wrote the note, Use your words. <laughs> Don't you hate that it shows when people are like, we have to do this counterintuitive thing to save everyone. And then someone's like, no. And then they're like, don't you trust me? And I'm like, I feel like that's, that's like very manipulative and not mm-hmm. effective. Yeah. Gotta, gotta establish something to trust. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make it. Don't make it personal. Well, then you've got. I mean, while we're going with like cliche lines, like whenever it's like a man and a woman are heroes, and the woman says, "What do we do?" so that the man can respond with the plan. Oh man, plan. (laughs) Plot device line. Oh, sorry. So anyway, Warren Worthington blasts Apocalypse, but like at his lower back, which I didn't understand. It's like, dude, you had the diagram. You know where you're supposed to poke him, but then you didn't. And uh, Rogue grabs the pole from the big top, I guess, and comes in swinging, uh, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It crumbles on his chest, right? And then Nothing, yep. And and then I think Archangel gets thrown away into a Ferris wheel Mm -hmm. and like falls into the water because apparently the ferris wheel at coney island i'm assuming is located over the water which sounds so cool yeah i mean it it's i mean you've been to coney island right uh, yeah. yeah yeah i have yeah. One, no. one time i don't but remember i can't say i remember that no it's not it's one. not that close to the water like it's close to the water but not close enough that like you could be thrown into it and then would fall into the water i mean the tide it would have to be way in <laughs> Yeah. So I have a question for you um, in that where was, I guess, the animation base for this? Because Santa Monica Pier has a Ferris wheel on the boardwalk, I believe. Oh. So where they may be confusing. Asia, I think. Kind of features. Oh. I think the. It was like there was a Santa Cruz beach boardwalk also for like old school reference, but that's less famous. 
probably just misinterpreting Coney Island's features. Yeah, probably. Probably. Willfully for plot points. It would make sense to me that the animators live in the in California, so they're using it as a bunch of references, right? I think a lot of entertainment happens in California, right? I'm going to find out. It's a little centric. It is. It's a great state. I love it, but it doesn't need to influence everything. Come on. Oh, okay. South Korea. The voice work was done oh, using neat. Canadian studios, which we sort of knew because all the characters say sorry. And the uh, and yeah, South Korea. Okay, we're all learning. So then, you know, Apocalypse lets them know what's up. And I'll I'll do my best voice again. Resist, and you shall be obliterated like your clever friends. And then Apocalypse flies off, and they're like, "Uh oh, our friends." So on the ship. Back on the ship, ship has an idea. She directs the X-Men to destroy different parts of it. And they manage to throw out the secret bomb that Apocalypse was apparently able to remotely, uh, what's, the, what's yeah. the word? Not detonate, but set off. Like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. he like armed it with a countdown. Armed it, remotely. yeah. Quite, do you notice that the ship calls people Mr.? Oh, the, the, no. yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. Tell me, say more. She Well, she refers to like people by their last name, like Mr. Mm-hmm. Summers is how she refers oh, to Cyclops, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, Very formal. Yeah, and I realized that like when I was growing up, you know, in the 90s, I kind of expected that like people called each other like Mr., Miss, Ms., right? Like frequently. And mm-hmm. now I feel like it's only a thing for teachers. I... I I don't know if that's been your experience. Mm-hmm. Have you ever referred to another adult using the term, like using a title? I referred Not to like my friend's parents using their title in, into my 20s. Like yeah. there was a period, like, I think like even after college where it was like Mr. or Mrs. Like, because that's how I was expected to refer to all my friend's parents, you know? Um, yeah. But then there did mm-hmm. come a point where I'm like, oh, I guess she is Sandy. Okay. I'll, tr- I'll try it sort of thing. <laughs> I'll try it on. Yeah. Try, Ooh, try yeah, that on. Of, like a close family friend was like, you can, you, you don't have to call me uh, Mr. Self. You can call me Rich. And I was like, Vito. I cannot physically. So similar, (laughs) similar feeling. I, after um, college graduation, trying to save up some monies, I was a substitute teacher at my former high school and teachers that I had were like, Hey, you can call me first name now. And I was like, no, I can't. That is weird. And I will not. Thank you though, for the opportunity. I declined. It was too bizarre. I couldn't do it. I was like, your first name is Mr. That's just how that is. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, back on the ship, Warren, it, Warren's going extra crazy, right? So when he says that he must see a, uh, Apocalypse until he breathes blood and rolls over, split, broken, finished, and Rogue is still with him. She's kind of like, be cool, but like, she is still with him. Yeah. How and why? Yeah, so like so crazed and consumed by vengeance, right? And then yeah. also, okay, here um, this might be a little bit of a hot take. It might be a little bit unfair. Okay, mm-hmm. the way that he said it is kind of poetic, right? He's like, "I'll follow mm-hmm. to the ends of the earth through perdition's fire until he breathes blood and rolls over, split, broken, mm-hmm. and finished." Right? And I want to say mm-hmm. that 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 like is how a smart person talks whereas beast 
like he just uses <laughs> like the like the, the like thesaurus Correct feature course. and word in real time, yeah. you know? Tenth grade English discovering the thesaurus feature and not understanding that all words aren't completely interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> well by that yeah. logic, Apocalypse is really pretty smart too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, it, it takes it, it would take a lot of energy to like form that sentence in your brain before saying it, right? Mm, like, mm, yeah. 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 I'm not sure I could do that. Although mm. I do think that that feeling that he has towards like the current problem is that is exactly how I feel towards whatever the most pressing issue is in my life until I get distracted by something else. Like that is exactly how crazed I am with dealing with that right i'm like yes until that until my zone. canceled subway card rolls and, <laughs> like breathes its own blood right and then i'm just like distracted <laughs> by something else it's kind of a roll through life i'm working on impulse control aren't we all oh we get this great moment with apocalypse no. who says beware what you asked for and i love that wolverine says beware yourself <laughs> Just like not, not having it. The beast manages to trap Apocalypse in the ship just like he planned, but Warren doesn't get the memo and just keeps firing on oh, the yeah, prison. Yeah. Oh, because the two scenes they merge now, right? Apocalypse yes. has gone from Coney Island onto the ship, right? And mm-hmm. watching Apocalypse is very confusing because he changes size. So when he's he's entering the ship, coming closer to the camera while he's shrinking, yes. so he actually just stays the same size on screen mostly mm-hmm. and it's like it's really weird watching it in 2d you know yeah i don't know anyone else say that yeah i know i know what you're saying oh man warren worthington because he's trying to get apocalypse out basically so he can kill him and so archangel dives into the computer right vengeance is mine good news the ship is okay and uh, then Apocalypse uses code eight two nine three and overrides the force field. But hey, was, it, yeah, go ahead, Drew. No, I was just gonna say I was so surprised to hear my pin in this episode. <laughs> Get that money. <laughs> uh, P.S. I did. Um, uh, I, did related... I did a quick Google for code eight two nine three. And thank uh, you. I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turns out that code 8293 is the code that the uh, uh, New York City Institutional Review Board, uh, that, so they use that for like ethics and medical trials, um, that is the code that they use to code in furniture movers. Oh. Yeah, now you know. Now I know. The more I know. <laughs> I was wondering if there was significance, and indeed there is. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> But yeah. we get a great moment in the next second, which is when Gambit crashes the mini jet against Apocalypse, ejects and yells, the name is Gambit. Remember it. And I just wrote, <laughs> hell yes. In big letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I love when the ship, when they think that Apocalypse is like captured in the force cage. Yeah. Um, the ship, they're, they're, like it seems like all of them are like he's captured forever yay we did it right and then the mm-hmm. ship goes the i believe that i'm feeling something you would call satisfaction mm-hmm. and it's like very sexual <laughs> did you yeah, get that vibe it makes me uncomfortable like we're we're interrupting a very private moment with her and beast and i just i want to close that door and walk away I don't want to witness it. I don't. It, it does seem very 
private. And I wonder if the ship ship is just the equivalent of just so horny. Like whatever yeah. that equivalent is. Just so been a long time since she's been boarded. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I, I, get, like, there. I get major like Rapunzel vibes from her. Like she seems like mm-hmm. as naive oh. as like a like a fourteen year old, uh-huh. like sixteen year old girl, right? She kind of falls for the first person mm-hmm. who compliments her. Yeah. Right? Oof, yeah. Yeah, and she's like not yeah, super happy with her like I, I I'm not sure what the right word is. Proprietor? Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> daddy? I was gonna say, yeah. yeah, daddy, master of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh also, but I did love speaking speaking of daddy, uh, I love that he can materialize an on-brand shield. Like he just can like make himself into a shield that also has an A on it, like full ensemble. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because he has a giant like belt buckle that says A for apocalypse, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy because I think when he was he was born like in like ancient Egypt, like, yeah. Yeah, right. Wow, before what? the letter A was like invented, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. His for his well, name was Ensabanur. He only became Apocalypse some millennia later. Oh, okay, okay. I see. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> so now we're all clear. Yeah. So ship guides mm-hmm. Beast to the emergency controls, and she like reveals to Beast. Speaking of like private, what appears to be this like ancient computer tablet. Uh, yeah, that was a literal tablet computer. Yeah, it's a tablet. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> I wrote tablet. It's Literally, like a, it's like a handheld Rosetta Stone looking thing. But when you type on the glyphs, they mm-hmm. glow. So it's like some. It's like one part ancient artifact and one part like futuristic thing mm-hmm. right and it seems to be like her core or her heart and something mm-hmm. it's stored in like a like a hidden drawer cupboard kind of thing in mm-hmm. the ship and then she like gives herself to beast and or something right no that is that is entirely the read she gives herself to yeah. beast she opens her most her innermost uh private area um i i had a a I have a bone to pick though with gambit and his word choice oh is this about though, about this <laughs> time weight? Mm. Mm. A fried chicken comment? Yeah. yeah. I was like, excuse me, monsieur. Oh my god. To, to, not to clarify what happened in the situation. They're all fighting, mm. and then Rogue gets knocked out of the air and falls on top of Gambit. And then Gambit mm. says something like kind of mean, yeah. right? Which was would you say it again? Oh super bitchy. Cher, maybe you cut down on that fried chicken, no? <laughs> and then she gives a death glare, no twinkle in her eye this time. <laughs> nope. Justified. Agreed. Yeah, the central I'll conflict of this, you, this scene is that um, Apocalypse is captured in the force cage, and uh, it seems like it's safe, settled, done business. And then Archangel comes in, and he's so mad with vengeance that he's trying to kill Apocalypse inside of the force cage. Even if that means getting him out of the force cage, he's like, I just want to kill him right now. Yeah. Right? But then Apocalypse releases himself, remember, with that code. Oh, wait, what? Oh, with the code, yes, yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah, with yeah. your yeah. with your with your pin, with the pin code, <laughs> and uh, with your pin, mm-hmm. yeah. So Beast uses the tablet to turn ship against Apocalypse, um, and then we get this. I love this series of lines. Beast says, "It appears an override may be overridden," and then Rogue yeah. says, "You were able to override Apocalypse's override code," and Beast says, "No, a friend did." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, the friend is making these bizarre sex death noises. Yeah, oh, yeah she's using all of her battery to like contain Apocalypse in a new this time like like army green force field. Well, yeah, and they're right? gonna, she's going to put him in a pod and eject him yeah, into space. One. And it's taking like all of her battery life, and she didn't bring her charger with her, so she's kind of dying. And she 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 makes like an orgasmic death noise. Would we all like to do our best imitation of it? Yes. <laughs> Great. Only on the count of three. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's see if we all remember it in the same way. Okay. I don't remember all right. it all. I'm just going to make a noise. All right. All right. <laughs> three, two, one, go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all pretty much can just. Yeah, it was universally uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's when she confesses that Beast helped her feel, and she sees that she had choices. Aww. Aww. That's some pillow That's talk. Sweet. That's some sweet, yeah. sweet yeah. Yeah, post-coital yeah, post pillow talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the ship's falling apart. <laughs> Gambit <laughs> goes to save Warren because he he's that kind of guy. The X-Men escape as Apocalypse pontificates. Apocalypse is eternal. Apocalypse is indestructible. <laughs> and then the Blackbird leaves and the ship ejects Apocalypse and he yells, I shall return! I shall return! <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Apocalypse uses. I mean, you gotta. You can't fault the guy for using like positive self-talk, right? He really talks to himself like a friend would, right? <laughs> he has like his little mantra: "Apocalypse is eternal." And he just <laughs> says it to himself when he's stressed. He's got healthy self-esteem, and that's yeah. that's why. So yeah, so the ship's on the brink of death, but she manages to say he won't be gone forever. Then Warren says. I'll be waiting. And one of my favorite lines when Cyclops says, next time you can wait alone. (laughs) (laughs) You broke my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he's upset that his new best friend, girlfriend, question mark, uh, is now dying. Yeah. Yeah. He starts crying. Yeah. The ship crashes into the ocean. Goodbye, my friend. And Beast weeps. Weeps. Yeah. He's real sad. He, he deserves love. He does deserve love. You know, I don't I, think so. For all of his like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, but he deserves the kind of love that can give him guidance towards being a less ridiculous person at times. Oh my god, that is exactly how I feel about my boyfriend. I feel like I'm just like in this relationship <laughs> with someone. And I'm like, oh, how would a normal person do it? And then I watch him do it, and I'm like, I'm gonna do that. That seems great. <laughs> Beast has like definitely made some mistakes when it comes to the ladies. So in a previous episode, he's clearly mansplaining art to a woman who doesn't want to hear it. And then also he had the opportunity for happiness with his, I guess, optometry patient who Doctor Lady, yeah, who's like eyesight he restored. She loved him. He loved her, and he pulled the classic Peter Parker. We can't be together because you'll be in danger. And Storm legit tells him, "Let her make her own choices," and then he doesn't. Oh, and that's why Beast is alone, dumbass. 
god. Anyway, great episode. Yeah. Oh, Farewell, and speaking my of the title of the episode, right? Obsession, obviously referring to Warren Worthington. He he his he makes a dramatic exit by saying, I won't rest until apocalypse is destroyed, or I am. Yeah. Very great. Very good. Dramatic. Just stop oh, taking people oh. down with you, buddy. There's one thing that we missed. Say it, Which true. is, okay, so in the battle scene on the ship with Apocalypse, right? Apocalypse, mm-hmm. he, he, does, he gets in a very good taunt, right? Which is he transforms himself into the geeky guy, showing that he was the geeky oh. guy, and he planted the fake weakness in the nape of the neck, right? Or the nape oh, adjacent place in the neck. right, right. And if you notice closely, that guy was wearing, per, like, muted purple and fuchsia suit jacket, Right. Because Apocalypse, even when he transforms into like a different person, he keeps the same color palette. Yes. Drew, thank you for catching that. I saw him transform into the geeky guy and I didn't actually realize it was the one from the beginning. This is so good. (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just that that means that the weakness in the back of the neck, it was fake. It was like a plant, right? Correct. Okay. A defense plant. Yeah, a defense plant. Good. Oh, how embarrassing. I totally missed that. Um, I just wanted to point out one thing, um, the, and this is not possible, but it's just uncanny. Um, the ship's voice sounds exactly like um, Karen Gillan in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I could see like, that. Just like her. It sounds just like her. It was, I was like, gosh, that really, really sounds exactly like, and I can't remember her character's name. Nebula. Which, Thank you. Nebula is um, the yes, really, exactly like, like the the angry one who's blue like kind of has like a, is like part robot yeah who's who's apocalypse yes. colored got it mm-hmm. she oh that's mm-hmm. she has the that character has the same energy as archangel where it's just like mad with vengeance mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. the same color palette. fueled by yes mm-hmm. and the same hate my omniscient daddy kind of thing right mm. mm-hmm. drew did you know that we're one degree from karen gillen no, <gasps> because what, so yeah, Drew and I, when we did improv together, one of our castmates was a guy named Greg Moss, and Greg Moss's sister works in is a film director, if I recall correctly. Oh, and um, the, he met up with his sister to see a movie, and Karen Gillan was like with his sister, like they all saw the movie together. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, she's very nice that's and Scottish, and that's great. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so interesting. It always weirds me out when actors have, like, accent, when they have it, when they play a character with, like, uh, like an American accent, and then they don't have that accent in, or they have, like, a different accent in real life. Mm-hmm. Charlie Cox. Because oh, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently found that out with Pedro Pascal. I, like, because I first saw him in game of thrones and he's playing that prince from Dorne, and he kind of had like a spanish accent right mm-hmm. and then i saw him in uh that nicholas cage one like i forgot what it's like the unbearable weight of massive talent what's the yeah what is the name? yeah that Something is like that. that yeah okay mm-hmm. and he had like a spanish accent there and then in um the last of us he has like a california accent i was like oh i wasn't expecting that sorry that's the reverse of what i the phenomenon i was just talking about for whatever it's he... worth, if you haven't seen it, his SNL episode is outstanding. But yeah, let's close <laughs> let's close up this episode. Let's give yeah, out some yeah. awards. I mean, I think Warren gets the Oscar, right? Oh, absolutely. <gasps> oh my god. He 
He is. Yeah, yeah. he he, he has a lot of or, lines. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he's got a lot of lines. Oh, what were you going to say, Drew? D- delivers them with a lot of fervor, like spittle at the mouth kind of fervor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's at a ten energy wise from start to finish in the episode, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Great abs, and yeah, I think that he wins. I agree, but I realized after I said it, what about Ship? Is Ship the MVP? Because I also think Gambit's the MVP. Or does he lose it because he commented on Rogue's weight? And does Ship get MVP? He lost. He disqualified himself. He did. Okay. He did as he much as I love him. Yeah, he DQ'd himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm going to go with Ship. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Ship is, is the MVP. She died for them. Yeah. Um, None more MVP. Um, Isn't that what yeah, Jesus I, said? I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Gambit can get a most improved award because he was really the voice of reason in this episode. <laughs> Oddly. Yeah, yeah, unexpectedly, yeah. Uh, and best line <laughs> is still heck of a bass boat, I think. That's a heck of a bass boat. 100%. Oh, my God. Wait, mine is... No um, argument. I'll follow him to the ends of the earth. Through, this is what Archangel says. I'll follow him to the ends of the earth through perdition's fire until he breathes blood and rolls over. Split. Broken. Finished. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a tie. I think it's a tie between that and heck of a bath book. Most poetic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Friends, oh, yeah. this was wonderful as always. Uh, yeah, and if you are interested in following the podcast, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram at gene-no with four O's. Uh, you can find me at sarahmusic.com. Drew, where can they find you? Uh, at Drew Kunis on Instagram, K-U-N-A-S. Amazing. And Natalie, they can't find you on purpose. Isn't that right? It is, but I'll be seething about that fried chicken <laughs> comment while I <laughs> consume some because it's really good. <laughs> uh, so much fun. To get friends, we'll, we'll see you here you next time on Gene No and X-Men, the animated series podcast. Gene No! X-Men, the animated series podcast. 